Hi, this is Dean Reek with Second Call Defense. I'm here with Sean Maloney, defense attorney and co-founder of Second Call Defense. In this podcast, we're going to talk about brandishing, shooting to wound, and warning shots. Now, if you watch TV and movies, you might think that it's a good idea to brandish your gun to make somebody back down or maybe shoot someone in the arm or leg, maybe fire a warning shot. But many legal experts think these actions can get you into serious legal trouble because the moment your gun enters a situation in any way, it could be interpreted as using lethal force. So, Sean, what do you think about this? Well, you know, there's always a fine line between brandishing that ends in saving your life or brandishing too early and certainly uh, warning shots. First, let's look at warning shots. Warning shots should never be fired. I always uh, warn people and let them know that every bullet that leaves the barrel of your firearm has an attorney attached to it and has you attached to it. So you're responsible with everything that leaves your firearm. And, and during a self-defense situation, warning shots are really worthless. And I discovered this firsthand. I was hired as an expert consultant in the proper use of lethal force of the firearm in self-defense. While my client at that time was being pummeled and beaten by the defendant uh, who used the firearm in self-defense, my client reached, got his, his firearm, fired a warning shot while being beat, and then fired the second shot, which hit the bad guy and shattered his femur. Now, later on the stand during uh, direct and cross-examination, the true bad guy said, I never heard a warning shot, so with all the adrenaline and everything that's going on, their chances are they're not going to hear the warning shot. In fact, this, this guy who was shot and his femur was shattered did not even know he was shot until he got up to walk away. So that's just a lesson I want to teach you, that warning shots are never advisable. At any point in time where you could put, place your finger on that trigger to pull it in self-defense, then you fire in self-defense and you don't fire shots for any other reason. Now, could if you're firing, I mean, obviously the idea behind a warning shot is to try to get the other guy to back off before you actually have to shoot them. Can, can that be misinterpreted as maybe, well, you said you fired a warning shot, but really you took a shot and missed? Oh, absolutely it can. And you have to remember, the threshold question that we always have to ask before we touch a firearm is, are we in immediate unavoidable fear of death or serious bodily injury? That's the threshold question. Then if the answer of that is yes, you can use lethal force. And at the time that you can legally and properly use lethal force, ever, all bets are off concerning brandishing and warning shots, period. What about this idea of shooting to wound? Now, I mean, I, I think personally this comes from the movies, you know, where you have you know, a good guy pulls out the gun, he doesn't want to hurt the bad guy, and he shoots the gun out of the guy's hand, or shoots him in the leg, or, you know, shoots him in the arm, something like this. And I've actually heard real people say this. Well, you know, if, I, if I'm in a situation, I'll just shoot him in the arm. Now, I mean, that, that sounds like that's trouble, both legally and tactically. Again, it is. Now, you know, we're all good guys with a firearm. We never really want to have to shoot anybody. And so I guess in a perfect world, if we could shoot the wound and stop the threat without fear of, of someone else losing their life, then obviously we all want that as a result. But first of all, we always shoot to stop, and that's to stop the threat. Rarely in a self-defense situation or fact pattern can I ever imagine a, a scenario where someone's going to have the ability to casually to unhurriedly be able to pick their shots. Mm. Uh, statistically speaking, even the best trained police officers in America, 
they only hit their target 12 to 14% of the time. So I'm going to advise people just hit the target someplace. If you have the ability to hit the target, you're you're much much better than than a normal person. So uh, picking your shot just isn't a possibility. Isn't something that you you'll be able to do. So I would even I would just get that out of your mind completely. And and what about this the idea of brandishing? I mean I have to say, the warning shots, the shooting to wound, all that makes sense, but brandishing. Isn't there sometimes an argument to be made, uh, you know, depending on how you define brandishing, you know, there's a bad situation developing, just putting your hand on the gun or maybe just presenting it. I mean, we know police officers do that. They, they brandish. We, we've seen that in videos. Is that always a bad idea or is it just a matter of where you draw the line? Well, you know, Statistically speaking, looking at the FBI's uniform crime reports and what we know about reporting, uh, a firearm is used once every 13 seconds in American self-defense. And you know that's hard to believe, but the, a lot of that is with brandishing, saying, "Hey, I have a gun," or "Hey, sh showing the gun," or actually pulling the trigger, "I have a gun." And a lot of those brandishings uh, aren't even reported. So yes, and being a criminal defense attorney, I've had clients who told me I saw the gun and I got out of there. So yeah, it does work, but there's a fine line to, to walk between brandishing and felonious assault. Again, I always use the old adage, when can I properly use lethal force in self-defense? And at that point in time, then it's time uh, to brandish your firearm. And brandishing really is just the first step in, fi in, in firing the shot. So I always try to say that brandishing is when the, you're pulling the firearm out and you're about to use the gun. We don't try to stop what could be elevated into a lethal force situation by brandishing your firearm because guess what? As soon as you introduce the firearm to any fight or any situation, it now becomes a lethal force situation on the other side of the fence, if not both sides of the fence. So, you know, we'd like to think that brandishing, hey, you know, I have a gun, get out of here, but really you shouldn't have that gun and you shouldn't display that gun until you are in fear of uh, serious unavoidable uh, death or, or bodily injury. That's when you should brandish a firearm. I, I agree with the arguments. Brandishing probably in the vast majority of time, as soon as that firearm is introduced, especially representing some of the bad guys that have turned and run, it does work, but you have to be very careful because depending upon what jurisdiction you're in, even though uh, laws, for example, are uniform throughout each state, you know, a felonious assault is generally defined as an attack or a threat of an attack on another individual in which the attacker uses a dangerous weapon and seeks to cause serious harm but stops short of attempting to kill the victim. So here's my firearm. I do everything up until the point of squeezing the trigger. And that could be, good job, Sean. You dispelled the threat. Or, Sean, you're under arrest for felonious assault. And that's a trip you don't want to take. So you need to use that firearm and understand that when you put your hand on your firearm, you are threatening to take another human life. And you know the only reason you can do that, and that's a fear and fear of immediate unavoidable death or serious bodily injury. So I guess we could conclude that, you know, sometimes you might brandish, but that's when you step into difficult legal territory. And it, and it, may, it may depend on where you are and who's looking at the case, the prosecutor, the police, whatever. And it's just, there's no, maybe there's just no black and white answer to that but you have to understand the danger you're in when you do that. Is that is that fair? Dean, that, that's a real good way to put it. Uh, 
there, there's always going to be the interpretation at that point in time, and so you're legally and justifiably brandishing before you get to the point of actually pulling the trigger. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand that, that that's part of our responsibility as concealed carry holders or if people that are willing to use firearms in self-defense, that there may become a point in time where we're going to have to defend our use of something less than lethal force. Well, you know, this, this whole idea of brandishing, shooting the wound, warning shots, this is, this is not an easy topic. It just really doesn't sound to me black and white. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad we had this talk. I appreciate your advice, Sean. Everybody really needs to keep this in mind. Uh, that's it for this podcast. Remember, if you're not yet a member of Second Call Defense, you can sign up anytime at secondcalldefense.org. And if you use the special offer code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, you can get your first month free. So until next time, this is Dean Reek and Sean Maloney for Second Call Defense. Stay safe.